Um, how many of you were here this morning? Uh, I kind of didn't think that the service would go like that this morning, and uh, no idea how I was going to end uh, what I was talking about, and literally hundreds of pounds being laid down at the front of this stage. Um, with no idea where that money was going to go, where people were saying, I don't want to uh, hold on to money. I don't want to hold on to my possessions. I want to live for Jesus and Jesus alone. It was quite um, incredible. And then when you hear tonight that someone comes to Ross and, and has shelled out 120 notes this past week and is broke and is in desperate need, and God has provided, isn't our God awesome? Good, I'm glad that seven of you think that. Isn't our God awesome? Yeah? Isn't our God just... Oh, who does that noise? That is just... Oh, I, I love you. Could you move to Croydon? <laughs> I don't want you... I just, I just want the sound. Okay? <laughs> That's just wonderful. And actually, I noticed that you, you look after the church, don't you? You have got the cleanest corridors I've ever seen in the church. How cool is that? How cool is that? Um, my name is Reuben. I uh, uh, married to Katie. Katie is across there. Um, and three children, uh, Naomi and Rebecca and Ben. Ben, who spent all afternoon in Dereford Hospital. <laughs> oh, golly, I shouldn't have hit that shot yesterday so hard. Broken or bruised finger, but he's all right. Okay. So, seriously. <laughs> seriously, child, child abuse. <laughs> anyway, that was... Um, that, that's my family. Uh, we spent seven years living in Croatia. Anyone been to Croatia? Awesome. Uh, and then six years living in France uh, before we rocked up in a place called Croydon in South London. Anyone been to Croydon? All right. Um, and uh, it's been a delight. We have a church building almost identical to yours, a little bit bigger and a little bit more listed. Uh, but... Uh, we have a church very similar kind of size, and I know a whole bunch about your church because uh, one of my best men at my wedding was a guy called Andy Caldwell, uh, and uh, I hang out with Clive. I run a conference with Clive every year, and Ross and I and Clive hang out together. As I said this morning, Clive and I talk theology together. Ross and I play football together. The ginger ninja. <laughs> <laughs> Have you never ever... <laughs> Fantastic. We're going to come to God's Word, okay? Before we do that, I believe that the Holy Spirit is here. That was awesome worship, Owen. Mate, that was great. That was great. Uh, guys, that was absolutely great. I felt really in tune with the Spirit of God. I believe the Spirit of God is here tonight, and I believe the Spirit of God wants to move. And you're involved in that. It ain't just going to be from the front. It's going to be all of us involved. And so, can I invite you to turn to the person sitting next to you and pray over them. Pray that the Holy Spirit will come and move and change and transform and do wonderful things tonight. So jump on your feet if you want to do that. Or turn around and just pray blessing over the person sitting next to you. So Holy Spirit of the living God. This is your church. These are your people. These are your lives. These are the people you delight in. These are the people that you love to bless. 
This is the town that you love to bless. This is the community that you love to bless. Holy Spirit of the living God, would you bring together people and town tonight so that we can see things and do things that we've never thought of doing before in our life, that we've never thought of seeing in our life. Would you move Holy Spirit of the living God so powerfully so that Plymouth gets to know Jesus and love Jesus and dance with Jesus? Would you move so powerfully through this bunch of people so that life comes to this part of Devon? In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Okay, guys, let's kick off with a question, okay? What is the most radical thing that you've ever done in your life? Think about that for a moment. What is the most radical thing that you've ever gone and done in your life? I'm kind of thinking jumping off Tom Daly's diving board, kind of radical. Okay? I'm kind of thinking swimming around Drake's Island at midnight, kind of radical. Okay? I'm kind of thinking completing the 10 tours, kind of radical. I'm kind of thinking wearing an Exeter City shirt at Home Park on Devon Derby Day, kind of radical. <laughs> By the way, my son there is an Exeter City fan. <laughs> and we stand together at St. James's Park booing the Plymouth results. Is that allowed? Okay. <laughs> oh, the spirit of Jesus is bringing you back, Owen. Come on. Jesus loves you, doesn't really love Plymouth, Argyle, but come on. Guys, what is the most radical thing that you've ever gone and done in life? Turn to the person sitting next to you, say hi. And then tell them about your best bit of living radically. All right. My wife was born in Plymouth. And she told me that Plymouth people like to talk. <laughs> Clearly you do. All right, so what have we got? What's the most radical thing that you've gone and done with your life? Yes, sir. Yes. Sure, yeah. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? Fantastic. Cool, thank you. Who else has got something radical? Yeah. Cool. Great. And your legs? And you got baptized while parachuting. <laughs> nice one. Okay. Yes, sir. In a, on a motorbike. Wow. I thought I thought you were pedaling for a moment. Okay. That was quite impressive. Awesome. Okay. Radical. What else we got? Yes. Yeah, Jordan, yeah. So, so really, they did the radical bit, didn't they? <laughs> Good, let's move on quickly. <laughs> yes, sir. You did. Awesome. Um, you ate a Mexican meal for 12. So, Good. <laughs> If you ask my son, he'll tell you where Derriford Hospital is a little, little bit later. All right, guys, tonight at Muttley, you are kicking off a new series of teaching on these summer Sunday evenings 
all to do with that word that we've been banging on about this evening, radical. You've even got a little postcard. Get, 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 get. There we go. All right. The series is called Radical Disciples or Radical Discipleship. And over the next few weeks, you're going to be checking out the lives of a whole bunch of radical disciples that you find in the Bible. Tonight, Clive and Ross have asked me to come speak to you about a radical disciple in the Bible by the name of Peter, the Apostle Peter. Now, can I take you into my confidence a little bit? Is that all right? Yeah? Um, You may have noticed, but the Yorkshireman's not here tonight, okay? Clive isn't here. Uh, And my mate, Ross, um, he's a nice kind of guy, isn't he? Yeah? All right. And, And so I've kind of taken some liberties tonight. Is that all right? Okay. Um, I'm stretching my brief a little bit. Uh, Tonight, we're not just going to be hanging out with a radical disciple called Peter. We're going to be hanging out with a radical disciple called Peter, plus a few of his mates who are going to tag along. Is that okay? Come on, is that okay? Uh, Okay. You you won't tell Clive, will you? (laughs) Hello, Clive. (laughs) All right, here we go. Uh, Good. So can you uh, switch your Bibles on and turn to the Gospel of Mark and chapter 1 and verses 16 to 20. Really familiar words. Gospel of Mark chapter 16, no, chapter 1, verses 16 to 20. Are you there? Words on the screen as well. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon, otherwise known as the radical disciple Peter, and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he'd gone a little bit farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, where, 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 where's the Bible get these names from? It's almost a bit like Plymouth, isn't it? Penny come quick and Egg Buckland. Zebedee. James was there with his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boats with the hired men and followed. Wow. I really believe that... Um, God's got a word in this for you today. I've been at New Wine all week, a big Christian conference with 12,000 other smelly people worshipping God. And um, every event I seem to be going, people seem to be reading from Mark chapter 1, verses 16 to 20. So hopefully there is something for you here today. So where are we? Previously, John the Baptist, who's the friend and the cousin of Jesus Christ, has been thrown into prison for going and making Jesus famous. So, as his light begins to dim, Jesus' begins to shine brightly. Jesus rocks up in the north of Israel, near to an area called Lake Galilee, and he begins to preach. And his message is simply awesome. It's this. God's kingdom, people, has rocked up on the scene. It's a kingdom of justice. It's a kingdom of peace. It's a kingdom of healing. It's a kingdom of abundance. It's a kingdom of good news. And best of all, it's a kingdom of salvation. Do you know what? It's a kingdom where homeless people get housed. And it's a kingdom where naked people 
get clothed and refugee people get welcomed and lonely people get loved and best of all everyone gets to hang out with Jesus Christ the King God's kingdom has rocked up on the scene says Jesus so it's time to repent to say sorry to God and to believe the good news and with that Jesus moses on down to go find some radical disciples by the side of Lake Galilee. Radical disciples to come and join his team. So, what in the blazes do these verses, do this story have to tell us about being a radical disciple? Well, I reckon, guys, there are two things tonight. Here's the first one. Radical discipleship is all about a call. Radical discipleship. The call. Radical discipleship, guys, begins with a call from God. So Simon, who would later be known as Peter, the rock on whom Jesus would build his church, Simon, Peter, and his little brother Andrew, well, they were a couple of poor fishermen. Any fishermen out here today? Or fisherwomen? Or fisher children? No one do any fishing? That's not how you do it, is it? Um, no one. No one fishes here. You've got the sea there, people. We live in landlocked London, and, and you've got the sea. No one goes and catches fish. God has just put it on your plate for you. Here, feed the hungry. Oh, no, don't worry. Okay. <laughs> so these, uh, these dudes, Peter and Andrew, they were scraping together their living uh, beside the Sea of Galilee with no money to buy a boat or a kayak or a stand-up paddleboard. They could only chuck their nets into the water while standing on the edge of the beach. Probably just a couple of teenagers. The disciples of Jesus were just teenagers. With little chance in life until Rabbi Jesus rocks up on the scene and issues his call. Check it out, verse 17. In fact, read it with me. Come, follow me. Read it with me. (laughs) Come, follow me. And I will send you out to fish for people. This was their moment. This was their call. This was their purpose. This was their destiny. And they simply grabbed it with both hands. Check out verse 18. At once they left their nets and followed him. They didn't wait to see the uh, last episode in their Netflix stuff. And they didn't wait to watch the football results come in or make certain that tea had been cooked for the kids. At once... They left their nets and they followed him. Now, James and his brother John, well, they were the rich boys in town. And they wouldn't be caught dead with uh, rod and line down at the beach because their dad was a boat owner. He was a shipping magnet. He was captain of the fleet. They were probably just a bunch of teenage boys, but they actually had a whole bunch of opportunities ahead of them in life until Rabbi Jesus rocks up on the scene and issues his call. Check out verse 20. Without delay, Jesus called them. And they left their father with the awesome name of Zebedee in the boat, with the hired men, and followed him. This was their moment. This was their call. This was their purpose in life. This was their destiny. And they simply grabbed it with both hands. And because Peter and Andrew and James and John grabbed that call, those teenagers became disciples. 
And those disciples became apostles. And those apostles became leaders of the church. And those leaders of the church became the dudes who wrote the Bible. And those dudes who wrote the Bible became the heroes of the Christian faith. Are you catching my drift here, guys? Radical discipleship always begins with a call. So good people of Mutley. What's yours? What's yours? What's your thing? Everyone's got a thing. What's your unique thing? Everyone's got a unique thing. What's the thing that God's gone and placed you on planet Earth to go do? How does he want you to go build his kingdom? How does he want you to be a radical disciple? Do you know? He worked it out. How many people here tonight think they pretty much worked out what God's called them to do and to be in life? Could you you just stand up? Just stand, just stand. It's good. It's good. It's good. For you people, you've got to do a Nike and just do it. Yeah? You know what God's called you to, don't you? You know what God's called you to be. We're going to stop for a second and pray for you. Is that all right? Okay. If you are surrounding these people, would you just uh, lay a hand on them gently? And we're going to pray that you would walk into your destiny, people. So, Father of the living Jesus, would you send your Holy Spirit right now into the hearts and lives of these people who have been called by God and anointed by God and touched by God and chosen by God, would you touch them so that they might walk into their destiny, so that they might love their destiny, so they might bring people to know Jesus and love Jesus, so they might be the hands and feet and voice of Jesus, so that they might do the stuff of heaven here on earth. Bless them, keep them, make your face shine upon them. In Jesus' mighty name, we all cry out, Amen. All right. The rest of you, the beautiful, lovely people of Mutley. Any clue? Any idea what God wants of you? Any idea of what God expects of you? If you haven't the foggiest, how about trying to look at these three questions? Because they might somehow come and help you out. As you think about your call in life, as you think about your destiny in life, as you think about your purpose in life, check them out. What do I like doing in life? What do I enjoy? Question number two. What am I good at doing in life? What do I excel at? Question number three. What am I passionate about in life? What floats my boat? What puts fire in my belly? What injustice do I want to fight with all my might? That kind of rhymes. Let's just flip back. I don't know if I've got all three together. Question number one. What do I like doing in life? Question number two, what am I good at doing in life? Question number three, what am I passionate about in life? Guys, if you answer those three questions, I reckon it's truly likely that somewhere in those answers, you will begin 
to find your destiny. You'll begin to find your calling. You'll begin to find your purpose in life. The thing that God's gone and stuck you on planet Earth to go do, to go achieve, to go accomplish. Guys, radical discipleship for Peter, James, John, and Andrew all began with a call. So be call chasers. Be radical call chasers. Don't stop chasing, chasing, chasing until you know what God has in store for you. Radical discipleship starts with a call, but it moves on to a cost. Radical discipleship, the cost. You see, radical discipleship usually involves some form of cost. It certainly did for Peter and his friends, Andrew, James, and John. Because it started with them leaving behind their families and leaving behind their homes and leaving behind everything that was familiar to a bunch of teenage kids. All because they chose to follow Jesus. All because they chose to follow their destiny in God. And it continued with them watching Rabbi Jesus, the awesome Jesus, the wonderful Jesus, the uncontainable, indescribable Jesus, the Son of God Jesus, the Savior of the world Jesus, standing and watching him being ridiculed my Jesus and abused standing and watching him being arrested my Jesus and beaten standing and watching him being tried and my Jesus being crucified all because they chose to follow Jesus all because they chose to follow their destiny and it then ended with their death James we know executed by the sword of King Herod Agrippa in Jerusalem. Peter, apparently crucified upside down in Rome. Andrew, apparently crucified in Greece. John, dying in exile on the island of Patmos, all because they chose to follow Jesus. All because they chose to follow their destiny in God. So motley people, what about you? What cost are you prepared to pay to follow your call? What cost are you prepared to pay to follow your purpose in life? What what cost are you prepared to pay to follow your destiny? Can we talk geography for a second? Now, I'm I'm married to a geography teacher, and so I have to get geography into something somewhere, okay? Um, Does anyone know where this country is? Croatia, you can shout out. You don't, it's, we're not back at school. <laughs> Croatia. Yeah. So uh, my wife Katie and I spent seven years church planting in Croatia. Uh, in Croatia today, there are just 6,000 evangelical Christians. That's Christians like you and me. That's just 0.1% of the population. What about this country? Where's this? France. Okay. Anyone ever hopped on the Plymouth to Roscoff Ferry to Brittany? Yeah, okay, all right. Katie and I spent six years church planting in the beautiful country of La France. In France today, there are just 400,000 evangelical Christians. That's about 0.7% of the population. Is God calling you to go make Jesus famous in a country like that? Is that the cost you're supposed to pay? Or still on that geography theme? Uh, is God perhaps calling you to up sticks 
from your trendy uh, Royal William Yard loft apartment. <laughs> I know, I've coveted it. <laughs> it's nice there, isn't it? Yeah. Why, 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 why? Why would it be nice? To move into a local inner city estate, to live incarnationally here in Plymouth. To be where the church isn't. To act as the hands and the feet and the voice of Jesus to a people and a population who desperately, desperately, desperately need Jesus. Is that your calling? Is that the cost that God is calling you to pay? Or should we talk about injustice? Is that okay? Are we allowed to do that? Where are the William Wilberforces or the Martin Luther King Juniors or the Mother Teresas today? Who's standing up for the Rohingya people in Burma today? Who's standing up for the refugees crossing the Med to end up in Greek or Italian or Calais refugee slums today? Who's standing up for the poor, for the marginalized, for the ignored, for the rejected of British society? A people who have absolutely no one else to stand up for them. Is that your calling? Is that the cost that Jesus is asking you to pay? Or is the cost to you something about money? Or is it about time or comfort? Or or is the cost to you something about giving up your security? Or giving up your safety? Or giving up your beautiful career path? Or is the cost to you about ending a relationship? Or moving away from your family? Or moving away from your friends? Is that your calling? Is that the price you're supposed to pay? Guys, radical discipleship usually involves a cost. Are you up for that? Are you up to go wherever Jesus says, to do whatever Jesus says, to be whatever Jesus asks you to be, to take lots and lots of rough with a bit of smooth, there's a cost to pay. Are you prepared to pay the price? So my friends tonight at Mutley, it's all been tonight about that word call, that word purpose, that word destiny. It's all been about working out what Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has placed me on planet Earth to go do, to go achieve, to go accomplish. Guys, can I, can I leave this with you tonight? I truly, truly believe this stuff. Okay, I'm not just saying it. I really, truly believe this stuff. That God has a plan for you. That God has a purpose for you. That God has a role for you to play. And you're not going to be content in life until you actually discover what that purpose and plan and role is. You're not going to get it. You're not going to be satisfied until you find out what that call, that role, and that purpose truly is. But when you do work it out, you've got to go bust a gut until you put that plan, that purpose, into reality. Are you hearing me? Guys, that's radical discipleship. So let me ask you a question, Motley. Are you up for a bit of that? Are you ready? Because I think Jesus wants to take us on a journey. How many people live in Plymouth? 
No, I didn't mean like that, sorry. What's the population of Plymouth? <laughs> About a quarter of a million, something like that? Okay. You are the answer to Plymouth. Or actually, Jesus is. But you are the people that Jesus has placed here. He wants awesome businesses here. He wants awesome schools here. He wants awesome hospitals here. He wants awesome streets and awesome beaches here. He wants people to wander into his kingdom. He wants people to be his hands and his feet. He wants to change the atmosphere. Don't you want to see the atmosphere changed here in Croydon? Don't you want that? I live in a town... Uh, Croydon, did I say Croydon? <laughs> Gosh, I, I live in Croydon in June last year, in one month last year in Croydon, population of 400,000 people, 106 people got stabbed. It may not be the same story here, but doesn't God want to change the atmosphere here in Plymouth? You are the people. You are his dream. You are his army. Is the army ready to leave the barracks? Is the army ready to step into their destiny, their calling, and their purpose? I wonder if our worship team would, would begin to come back. Guys, I... I, I sense the Holy Spirit is here and the Holy Spirit wants to do some stuff tonight. Because I, I know there's some people here who know what God's called them to do and be in life. And I'd love to have the opportunity for people to pray for you, to pray deeper into your situation, that you would extend the reach that you have to reveal the kingdom of Jesus. But there's also a whole bunch of people here tonight who haven't sensed that touch of God, that purpose of God. And you do want that. And you want that satisfaction of knowing that you're doing the thing that God wants and being the people that God wants. I want to give you that opportunity tonight just to respond. This is a normal thing, a natural thing. Uh, we're going to be singing and flowing in worship over the next few minutes. I'd just like to encourage you to come forward. Um, I don't know whether we're going to have a prayer team here. Uh, so prayer team, would you make yourself available? Uh, and I'd love to just simply offer you the chance to respond to what God's saying. If you know that there's, um, there's something missing in your life uh, and you need to step fuller into the person that God's called you to be, just come and receive prayer. Come and receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. Come and receive his touch in your life. Sometimes we need the supernatural to break in to transform the ordinary. Come and do that. It's a normal thing. It's a normal thing. If you already know how God is calling you, come and receive prayer so that you will advance even further into your calling and your destiny and your hope with God. Is, is that okay? Are we allowed to do those kind of things down in Motley? Why don't I invite you all to stand? You don't have to do this, but I find it helpful to just lift your hands towards heaven. It's kind of a symbol of you opening yourself up to the Holy Spirit of God. And just pray this prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. Would you come and fill this church tonight? Spirit, there are people here tonight who would love to know the direction that you're calling them in life. They don't want to hear that from other people. They want to hear that from you. And so, Holy Spirit, would you begin to minister amongst us now? Holy Spirit, would you begin to move amongst us now? Holy Spirit, would you begin to touch lives 
Give us a, even a physical sense that you are there and that you're real and that you're alive, Spirit of the living God. Would you flow? Holy Spirit, would you reveal stuff to us tonight that is hidden? Would you reveal stuff about our life which shows us the pathway that we should be leading? Would you take us deeper into our destiny and our calling? Holy Spirit, would you rock up on the scene tonight of my life? Would you move powerfully? Simply, if you'd love to receive prayer, the prayer team will come now. And just begin to make your way as we begin to, to worship God together. If you'd love someone to pray for you concerning your route in life, your destiny in life, just come and step out to the front and people will come and pray for you. Or if you'd like someone to pray for you concerning your call, that you would be even more effective in the stuff you do for Jesus, can I invite you to, to, to step out and just receive that prayer? Or if there's any sense of needing God tonight, if you're needing healing, if you're needing salvation, if you're needing a movement of the Spirit in your life, if life has been dry and dusty for a long time and you've lost that kind of first love and God seems to have been silence, just come out and receive his touch tonight. Receive his blessing tonight. Let's come as we sing. Let's worship our gods.